Join us or we'll copy you. Facebook's mantra. Dun, 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 dun. Today we're talking platforms, marketplaces, and playing with fire. If you're new, my name's Matt Ward. I'm a startup coach, advisor, angel investor, and serial entrepreneur. And today we're doing the syndicate, the blogcast series. This is where we look and break down key tech trends, news, developments, etc. From cryptocurrencies to e-commerce, Amazon and Facebook to IPOs, ICOs, and changes in regulations to look at how the tech industry is changing, how it impacts both founders and investors. But now, let's jump into it. So, the internet's changed. The world of the walled garden is here. And that creates really interesting dynamics, problems, and opportunities for startups. It's interesting and terrifying. Here's why. But first, a quick backstory. My background's e-commerce and Amazon. In 2015, I invested about 8K in a product and managed to scale up my startup, air quotes there, to a seven-figure exit at the end of year one. If you're scratching your heads, you should be. Building and flipping a business in a year is stupid. But my goal was just to make some quick cash selling products online, primarily via Amazon. This wasn't the dream. This was, let's get the money so that we can focus on things that matter. And it worked. Through the process, I built a top three Amazon podcast, met hundreds of FBAers, i.e. Amazon sellers, and helped multiple digit thousands, not really sure how many, 5 to 10k I would assume, build businesses on Amazon. And as I grew, I started to wisen up. What started as a personal challenge, it suddenly became scary. Let me explain. Platforms are like distribution on steroids. Platforms in marketplaces like Amazon, Android, the App Store, they're unparalleled acquisition engines. Never before in history could companies, let alone startups, access this scale and breadth of consumer. The world's literally there for the taking. Starting a hardware startup? Kickstarter can help. Building an e-commerce app? Shopify's add-on store speeds that up. Not a developer, but got a great idea? There are even UI and chat-based platforms for creating apps. The platforms and the power and resources at one person's fingertips are unprecedented. But so is the speed at which startups scale. Zynga was a rocket ship. They rode on Facebook's coattails and kind of worked together to build the social network. And as the social network grew, it got viralized distribution. Mark Pincus's company, Zynga, they 10x'd in under two years. 260 million plus monthly active users on Zynga's Facebook games. You'll all remember Mafia Wars, Farmville, a lot of the junk people wasted their times on. But it was unheard of in gaming. At least it used to be. In the world of platforms, this is starting to become more normalized. There's a huge problem. Platforms are great until they aren't. Zynga, more than any other company, took advantage and built an incredible gaming business directly through Facebook's Open Graph API. Over time, Facebook began making changes to how developers could interact with specific data, and just as quickly, Zynga grew and fell, and fell far. There are many companies, big and small, that have suffered a similar demise. Source, Ben Shippers, from a TechCrunch article he wrote. If you could see this picture right now of Zynga's stock price from The Motley Fool, wow, it slams overnight. It goes off a cliff from $14 plus down to $3 over the span of three, four, six months. Incredible shutdown. And I know sellers who got shut down overnight. No warning, sellers doing $1 million, $10 million a year Really, this is their lifeblood in business, and Amazon kills them. Amazon is a double-edged sword. 
All platforms and marketplaces are. When it's good, it's great, but playing with someone else's playground, it often ends in tears. There's two ways that this can happen. The first are rules changes and algorithm changes. The second are copy-paste competitors. Both can kill startups. We're living in the age of the algorithm. The first and most obvious example is Google. Google indexed the world's information. They built the leading search browser with 77 to 80% of worldwide searches. That makes Google powerful. SEO and organic search make and break business. And throughout Google's history, they've done just that. The infamous Panda updates, circa 2010, 2012, somewhere in that range, they broke the backs of many businesses. Imagine adding a wall, uh, slightly later than 2010, maybe 2014, adding a wall around a local mall. The number of visitors drops drastically. No one finds or stumbles into the stores. The businesses collapse. The mall defaults on the mortgage. That's a metaphorical example of these small algorithm changes. And they happen, even with the best of intentions. Google wanted to clean up search. They saw marketers that were manipulating search results, creating backlinks, and gaming the system to get more visitors. So Google fights back. They add penalties for overly specific and frequent backlinks. And these hurt many sites. Not just the gray and black hat players. Regular entrepreneurs, mom and pop shops, they die. They had no warning, no recourse. Even eBay lost 80% of its organic search, thanks to Google's Panda 4.0 updates. And that was 2014. This can happen to anyone. But blacklisting's even worse. While losing ground in search is bad, disappearing is game over. If you bet your business on a platform or a marketplace, the powers that be can kick you off anytime, even accidentally. Now, you'd think issues like this could be sorted out, right? Reasonable discussions usually work. The problem with platforms is they're too big to give a shit. Amazon could ban a $10 million seller. That would be 0.07% of their overall sales. That's nothing. That's chump change for Bezos. The same is true of Apple, Google, Facebook, you name it. What percentage of their profit comes from your product? Almost none. When you're dealing with mega corporations, they don't care. It's nearly impossible to get support. It's all automated or outsourced. Note, if you do find yourself in this situation, call customer service, not the business lines. Most platforms and marketplaces care way more about customers than about sellers. I've pretended to be a customer just to get to the right people on the phone. It works. It solved my problem. Control V. Startups that threaten incumbents get punished. Facebook's the worst offender. Here's a quote. It was common knowledge, even back then, that Facebook would just approach a company and say something to the effect of, join us or we'll copy you. Naveen Selvel Durai, I'm going to be butchering that name, the founder, co-founder of Foursquare. And look at Instagram ripping off Snapchat stories, pixel for pixel. Zuckerberg offered to buy Snapchat for $3 billion. Evan Spiegel said no. Has anyone seen Snap's growth charts lately? It's essentially a plateau, while Instagram is kind of like the Alps. Examples go on and on. Obviously, Snapchat wasn't a Facebook platform product. However, Facebook's platform easily crushed Snap's success. When you have a platform you can leverage, you're easily able to defeat startups. And platforms are walled gardens of data. When you build your product to leverage a platform, you're often handing away the most valuable part, the data. Facebook's Open Graph API lets Facebook track features and user behavior. They see what works and follows suit. Amazon does a similar thing with their third-party sellers. They test out products, and then Amazon goes and creates Amazon Basics versions of the best sellers. Boom, everything's from Amazon. Remember, no one has your back. As a startup, it's your job to realize that most of your partners are looking to screw you. 
They use you and lose you once your values dried up. Failure to plan is planning to fail. Keep this in mind. Who are you serving? How are you reaching them? What are the choke points in your business? Do you have any leverage? Moats are the most important part of any business. Any startup without a moat is ultimately overrun. Without defensibility, you can't protect yourself and build your business. There are many ways to build sustainable moats. The most common being product, brand, IP, data, or network effects. A lot of those go together. Each add buffers to the competition. Most of these don't work incredibly well for the majority of startups, but some always work for every startup. For more on this, the syndicate.vc search through the five types of network effects and how to hack them, and you can figure out a couple of strategies to employ in your business. But platforms are also powerful launching pads. The point of this article isn't to discourage startups. It isn't to avoid platforms either. The goal is to understand the game, their game, and your end game. How do you take advantage of platforms and not the other way around? There are lots of strategies. Most involve stealing slash acquiring customers from a platform. An example. With Amazon, there are hundreds of millions of buyers. You can build a massive business only ever serving Amazon. It's inherently risky though. All your bags are in one basket. As an Amazon seller, I was constantly looking to bring sellers back or buyers back to my site, not Amazon. I built a Shopify store, I added coupon inserts into the product packaging, and I hoped buyers would bite. Some did. Side note, this is totally against Amazon's rules. I gambled and got lucky. It doesn't always go so well. But with regard to risk, what choice did I have? What choice do you have? And Amazon's a great way to get sales quickly. I like to liken it to fast food, though. It's great in the short term, but has long-term consequences. Building backup plans. Entrepreneurs need to think this through. What's your backup? How are you building towards that today? For us, it was Shopify and email. Acquiring emails let us remarket and upsell customers, increasing LTV, our lifetime value of a customer. For you, it'll probably be different. For apps, push notifications are great. Proprietary data, even better. With content and social, it's all about emails, not followers. Remember, every medium has its metric. The question to ask is if your channel disappeared overnight, what would you do? The answer needs to be acted on now. Diversification and growth is the name of the business, the name of the game. When investors see an omni-channel startup, the red flags go up. One small change and everything's gone. For inherently risky startup investments, that's usually a non-starter. There are so many things that are going to go wrong, that can go wrong, that will go wrong. Raising money is hard. Building a team is hard. Shipping and selling product is hard. It's a hard, hard road. Fundraising is a constant risk-reward game. Every round is less risky, with success becoming more and more likely. Reflected in increased valuations. Let's talk prioritizing acquisition channels. The core problem comes down to acquiring customers. As a business, how do you do it? And better yet, where should you focus? There are so many ways to acquire customers each with strengths and weaknesses. As an early stage startup, you cannot and should not try to do everything. The best strategies I've seen are a tiered approach. Focus on one channel, perfect that channel, and ignore everything else. Once paid ads or SEO or XYZ platform is starting to drive real growth, scale that up. As the team grows, typically with every new round of funding, the focus should shift to diversification. Keep doing what's working, but explore new channels. Stick with what you know here. If you've completely exhausted Facebook ads, look at Google, Pinterest, or Instagram ads. Many of the same skills are going to apply, allowing you to leverage learnings and break even and scale even faster. Same is true for social. Built a large and responsive Pinterest following? It's probably pretty doable to replicate on Instagram. See superb results blogging? Try converting top posts to standalone YouTube videos, infographics. 
podcasts, or slideshare presentations. All of these will amplify your assets. I for one listed products on eBay, Walmart, and Jet.com to reduce our dependence on Amazon. And to some extent it worked. At our peak, 15% of our sales came from off Amazon channels. At the same time, the strategy was flawed. Rather than slowly expanding and optimizing for a channel, I sprayed and prayed. We got our products out on all the marketplaces quickly, but didn't have the resources and expertise to maximize the channel. Make sure you put the required amount of effort in to maximize the results that you're doing. Think 80-20, but don't half-ass something that needs to be done well. New acquisition techniques. In many situations, tangential expansion just doesn't work. Once you've exhausted your skill set and channel, look to expand in inverse acquisition channels, i.e. channels with differing time and CAC requirements. That's all a weird way of saying, here's an example. Paid ads, they're the most expensive, but they're also instantaneous. SEO, basically free, but incredibly slow. If you can balance paid and free acquisition models, CAC slowly starts to decrease, and the business becomes more and more and more sustainable and profitable. Whereas paid traffic, that can be manufactured overnight, organic results take time. Layering these approach allows for the best of both worlds. Early acquisition and testing via PPC, and building long-term sustainability with SEO and content. For a deeper dive look at more acquisition techniques and to the strengths and weaknesses of each, the syndicate.vc, look for our post, how to start a Series A fundable SaaS business. And we go through, while this may not be for SaaS, we go through all of the different ways to acquire customers. But let's get back to platforms. Building on platforms is like playing with fire. Startups have to live off risk. Cash is king, and companies only die when they run out of money, or if you get hit by a bus, but let's hope that doesn't happen. To both build towards profitability and hit metrics needed for follow-on funding, startups should seriously consider leveraging platforms. Marketplaces make customers accessible by aggregating demand. They win as markets grow, and they can help startups take off with less rocket fuel. But with any greedy, unpredictable partner, startups should always watch their back. I like to call this dance the art of war. Founders that play it well win big, but the majority fail. With increased competition, external pressures, and the threat of extinction, marketplaces should never be the end game. Startups need sustainable, proprietary ways to acquire and retain customers. It almost always comes back to business moats. But we've danced around the topic enough. It's time for you to share your thoughts on the episode, The Future of Platforms and Marketplaces. Are you a founder? Would you touch Facebook, Amazon, Apple, or Google? All? Any? Why? Why not? What do you think? Is it worth the risk? Are the closed gardens the internet of the future? Or is blockchain going to blow everything up? Hopefully this has been an interesting article for you. Hopefully it's been an interesting, we can call it a blog post, we can call it a podcast, we can call it whatever you want to. But hopefully this has made you think a little bit more about your business. If it has, the syndicate.vc. Go there, subscribe, you'll both get our interview series where we interview some of the top angel and VC investors around the world. You'll get access to our roundtables. We just did one last night on consumer tech and the future of society with Tim O'Reilly, James Allworth, Ben Gilbert, Jeffrey Morris Jr. We've got some incredible, incredible stuff coming up. So if you're interested, the syndicate.vc. If you add a dash subscribe in there, you can get added to our list. And if you want to subscribe to the blogcast series on iTunes, the syndicate.vc slash blogcast iTunes. And yeah, that's an ugly way of putting it and leaving a review in iTunes isn't always easy. But if this has been great and you like it, I would really appreciate if you'd leave us a review. The syndicate.vc slash blogcast iTunes. Thanks, and until next time, I really gotta go grab some coffee, so go make it happen. Cheers.